Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Uh, if you've been following with us, we are in this you know, off and on uh, uh, series on pursuing God. And we've, we've been through, through this journey of trying to figure out all those aspects of our Christian life uh, that constitute uh, pursuing God. And, and this morning we're going to talk about pursuing God's peace. And I know you, you probably heard a million or two sermons about peace and all of that. And um, it's good to be able to grasp it uh, from different perspectives. So, so we're going to talk about pursuing peace. Peace with God. That's the title of the message. Peace with God. And that's the most, uh, one of the big peace, pieces in the Christian life. Uh, do you have peace in your life? That's a question that I want to begin and premise uh, this message this morning. So we need to quietly solemnly answer that question for ourselves. Do I have peace in me? Is there peace? What does that look like? Let's take a look and maybe we can get a glimpse of what that means in our text. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 11 to 22. Let me read very quickly. Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision... That done in the body by the hands of men. Remember that at, at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, 
with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. And in him, you are, you are too being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. One of the biggest blunders in an attempt at world peace happened in 1938. When then British uh, Prime Minister... Um, uh, what was his name? I forgot. Neville Chamberlain, British Prime Minister, went to Germany to meet with Adolf Hitler in the hopes of preventing him from overtaking Europe. When he came back from the meeting, he was so sure that he got through Hitler's heart and mind, and he was certain that he can prevent this madman from escalating the war, that he declared the words, peace in our time, peace with honor. One year later, on September 3rd, 1939, Hitler invaded Poland, thereby ushering the outbreak of the Second World War. Now, Neville Chamberlain will never be remembered in history favorably because he had the right idea but he miscalculated the situation. He trusted the words of a madman, and the rest is history. Now, we may look at this man, Neville Chamberlain, as one of those blots in history that contributed to to the war, but I... I have to say that we also need to recognize that at least, at least, when he saw an opportunity for peace, he took advantage of it. He saw a window. He saw an opportunity whereby he can bring peace to the table, and he took advantage of it. What does, that, what does this have to do with, with Christianity and my life? I want you to know this very important principle. The cross of Jesus Christ, among its many glorious, re, re, gloriously represented aspects, one of the greatest aspects of the cross of Jesus Christ is because God, through the cross, is giving us the opportunity to have peace. Now, we know that the, the cross of Jesus uh, ushers in our, ushered in our salvation. Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness and redemption of our sin. We all know that. But there's one aspect of the cross that I think we need to recognize a little bit deeper. And that is the cross is God saying to humanity, here's an opportunity for real peace in your life. And that becomes a big part of our confession of faith. When you say to yourself and when you say to the world that you are a Christian, when you say to God that you are a Christian, you are saying, I have real peace in my life. And can't lie about that because it's part of the testimony of the Christian life. It'll show up. If you have it, you will show it. It can never be hidden. Peace. 
is that one important aspect of our life. You see, it's impossible for temporal man to achieve eternal peace. Only an eternal God can make an eternal covenant of peace. And he did just that when he sent Jesus to the cross. So that's why Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And only in Jesus, only in him, can we have real peace. So we're going to talk about how to pursue that. How do you know you have taken advantage of that? If you're not a follower of Jesus today, the cross, the cross that is prominently displayed in our church, tells you this morning that God has already opened up the, the opportunity for you to have peace with Him. And, and hopefully by the end of the sermon, there will be this new appreciation for this peace that God gives us. The peace of God. Okay? The peace from God can only be experienced when we have peace with God. Okay, let me, let me break that down a little bit so we, 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 we're on the same page on what we're talking about. When we talk about peace, sometimes we say, okay, I need to have the peace of God. Now, the peace of God is that general blessing that God gives to everybody, right? Even non-believers, even people who don't recognize God, they have a sense of peace in their lives. You know, people that are peaceful, even though they don't, they don't know the Lord, they don't know Jesus, and yet they seem to be calm, cool, and collected. They seem to have that peace. Because God said, you know, when, when God says, I let the sun shine on the wicked, and I let the sun shine on the righteous, when I let the rain pour on the wicked, and I learn, and I also uh, let the rain pour on the righteous, that's called God's revealed grace to humanity. But there's a difference. Okay? A child of God does not only receive the peace of God. Other people can, can, can receive that peace because God, that's God's general blessing to everybody. But there's also another aspect that, that, that you and I receive, and that is peace from God. Now, it gets better. Now, peace of God is a general blessing to everybody. Good or bad people, they get it. They just don't recognize it. It's just the, you know, the godly people recognizes it from God. The ungodly people, they, they think that they brought it on themselves. But then there's peace from God. Now, peace from God is unique to those who put their faith in Jesus. Okay? Peace from God is that supernatural peace that comes to us when we can't explain what's going on in our lives. It's kind of a divine peace. You know, when, when, we, we, when, we, when you hear testimonies, I, I, I thought I'd never get out of this situation. I thought I'd never recover from this grief. I thought I'd never recover from this pain. I thought I'd never recover from this, this sadness or this sorrow or this suffering or this thing or that thing. And yet, God gave a supernatural enablement for me to have peace. You know, that comes from God. It doesn't, it doesn't happen to us like a general thing. It's a, it's a circumstantial thing where God, by His grace, gives us a special peace from Him. 
you, you, you lost your job and you don't know what the next meal is going to come from and yet in the inside of you, you have peace. That is God giving you an enablement in a special way. Now, both those types of peace, the peace of God and peace from God can only be real when you have peace with God. Now, what is that peace with God? Peace with God is when you surrendered your faith to the cross of Jesus. That's when God declares you are no longer my enemy. You are now my child through faith in Jesus. The Bible says that outside of Christ, we are enemies of God. But through the cross of Jesus, God had a peace conference with us and says, if you put your faith and your trust on that cross, in Jesus on the cross, you will have peace with me. We will have peace. We're no longer going to be enemies. The Bible says, we're no longer strangers. We're no longer aliens. But we are citizens with the saints in the kingdom of God. That's a tremendous promise. I don't know if you heard it. But the Bible says, you're no longer strangers. You're no longer aliens. But you are citizens with the saints in the kingdom of God. That's a beautiful word from Scripture. We just read it. So it all starts with having peace with God. And that peace with God, that's what he places in the inside of your heart. It's not circumstantial peace, you know, when, when your peace only depends on when things are going on right. Okay, I have food, I have work, I have clothing and all of that. I have a good family, I have good experiences and all of that. Therefore, I, I have peace. That, it's not that kind of peace. It's not a circumstantial peace. I'm not talking about any kind of physical or emotional peace either. You know, when you, when you look, look at people and they, and they seem to be, have the right personality to be peaceful, or they don't take things very seriously, they have, they're even-tempered, they sleep well at night, they think right, they decide right, and therefore they say, I have peace. I'm not talking about that. The Scripture is not talking about that. The Scripture is talking about something more profound that God gives. I'm talking about the peace that God gives to us. That peace that passes all understanding. And the question of having real peace is not a matter of what, it's not a matter of how, but it's a matter of who. If the Holy Spirit indwells us, one of the telltale signs, one of the, one of the, the measuring stick, one of the things that validates the Spirit of God in our hearts is the fact that we have that inner peace in the inside of us. That comes from the Holy Spirit. That can only happen when we have peace with God. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, that means you have the peace of God the general blessing, and maybe from time to time you have peace from God. That, that, that can happen. But with the Holy Spirit superintending our lives, because we have peace with God, 
it becomes real. Having peace is not something that we work for. It's not something that we earn. But like grace, like mercy, like redemption, it is something that God puts us in. Peace is a positional thing. It's a relational thing with God. This is something that only God gives. So if you're looking for peace elsewhere, if you're looking for peace uh, according to your circumstance, according to whatever it is that you have to bring on the table, you'll never get it because this is a divine, supernatural peace that God gives only to those who believe in Christ Jesus. So peace is positional and it becomes the greatest pursuit of every Christian to be put in that position. Let me give you a little bit of a background on on the text that we have just read. Paul was addressing the conflict between Jews and Gentiles in the church. Jews were saying, you need to convert to Judaism before uh, you can truly have a relationship with God. And and the Gentiles were saying, well, well, you know what? We're not used to what you do. What about us? How can we, uh, you know, how, how can we have this relationship with God uh, if we have to follow all the things that, you, that you, you're asking for? And, and the Bible says, through the words of Paul, says, no, 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 no. God has dealt with that on the cross. He made the two people one. So in Christ Jesus, that's how you get your peace. You just put your faith in Jesus and all of these superficial, circumstantial things will go by the wayside and you will experience that real peace that comes because God is superintending the relationship with Him first and then with one another. You know the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. It's right here. If you don't have peace with God, you can't love God. If you don't have peace with God, you can't love your neighbor. You're always going to find a problem with other people. And and your perspective and my perspective will be just to be skeptical about people and skeptical about all, all the things that God wants to accomplish in our lives because it takes peace. It takes the understanding that the Spirit of God is dwelling in the inside of us in a supernatural way. So there's no conflict in Christ. There's, there's no separation between people because there's no separation between the people and God. It's we who bring the separation. It's we who try to define what peace looks like. Real peace can only come through Jesus Christ. And we learn three valuable insights today on how to live in peace. Three things. And you'll be surprised as to how the Scriptures deal with how we can have real and lasting peace. Okay? Just three points this morning. Yeah, I, I preach points. So, you know, you, you, I hope you're taking notes. Things like that. First of all, this peace that God gives, and I've mentioned this already, could never be achieved in isolation. In other words, we, we can't do this ourselves. We can't experience it ourselves. It has to be experienced in connection with a relationship with God and a connection with His people. Cannot be, you cannot have real peace if you're not connected to Christ and if you're not connected to the body of Christ. So this has to make sense to every Christian, right? Look at it, it says, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship, 
in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. He's saying, you Gentiles, you're not part of the covenant that God has made to the nation of Israel. And though, therefore, you have to be placed in that position. And Jesus did that for you. So outside of a relationship with Jesus, all you will ever have are your pagan pagan religion and for the Jews what you all the only thing you have is your you know religion based on law neither of them will be sufficient to give you peace in the outset the word of god tells us that without a relationship with jesus there's no peace because we are isolated from him and without being connected to the body of christ there's also no peace because we're isolated and a lot of people tell me, well, do I have to go to church, pastor, to be a Christian? No, 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 you, no, you don't have to, okay? But don't come knocking on the door and saying, I, you know, I have turmoil in my life. Yeah, I can't sleep at night. I got this thing worrying me. And I know some people in here saying, oh, no, I, uh, thank you very much, pastor. I, I, uh, I can do this myself. I can have peace. I'm, I'm not buying what you're saying. I get that. My responsibility here is to simply teach you what Jesus revealed in his word. And that is, you can never have peace in isolation. You cannot have peace without being connected to Christ and connected to the body of Christ. Have you ever watched uh, kids, when the, when the older kids, I, I saw this in, with, with my nephews when they were little. The older kids tend to isolate the youngest. You know, and it's, it's like they don't want that kid to join. And there's a whole lot of crying going on with that little kid. They don't want me. That's kind of a picture of what it looks like to be outside of that, of that, that fellowship. Okay, there's, there's alienation. There's isolation. The cry of the human soul, of every human being, can only be satisfied by a relationship with God through faith in Jesus. We cannot try to substitute that with anything else. We won't have real peace. We won't have real satisfaction. Let me give you another illustration. You know, the, the, the way to destroy these brutal dictatorships, <laughs> you know, and we've had them in the history of the world, is to isolate them. You know, there cannot be any kind of peace unless that dictator learns to be connected. And, and the best way we've learned to, to destroy these tyrants, I mean, we still have a few of them lingering around in the world, right? But the best way to destroy the tyranny of those types of dictators is to isolate them. Isolate them from the rest of the world. And that's a picture of someone who's not connected to the body of Christ, who's not connected to Jesus, who's not connected to the family of God. There's no peace. It's, you know, try to be self-sufficient. Peace cannot be achieved in isolation. Paul said, before you heard the gospel, you were separated from God. Let, let me say that to you also this morning, to us. Before Jesus, before we acknowledge the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are separated, isolated from Him. This is our state of being. We have no Savior. Okay? That means we have no relief from the power of sin. And we have no chance of saving ourselves. 
outside of Jesus, we also have no belonging. There's no community to attach to, which is called the body of Christ. We have no family, no spiritual family. And, and, and I, if you have been left out we have, without anybody, I mean, from the human standpoint, that's already pretty bad. Imagine in the spiritual realm. If you have no connectivity, no benefits, your prayer is not being heard. People have a problem with that when I say, you know what? Outside of Jesus, God doesn't hear your prayers. Oh, come on, pastor. That's just too much. What makes you think that your religion is the right one? There's so many other religions. Why do you claim that you have a monopoly on this one true God? Your argument, if you have that in your head, is not with me or with not with any Christian. Your argument is with Jesus himself. Because Jesus says, if you pray in my name, God will give you. So imagine you praying and praying and praying, and you're just taking a chance that something good might happen. Because you don't have that, no benefits. And of course, you have no God to worship. There's that exclusion. Therefore, you have no peace. And I want to let you know this morning that, that this condition still exists in many people's lives because they're outside that vital relationship with God that can only be found through faith in Jesus. You and I cannot possibly save ourselves. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for a church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.